Hi, this is Scott Kahn. Starting on Monday, October 14th, David and I will be off because of the holiday of Sukkot, Tabernacles. However, we'll be back with brand new episodes of Morning Drive Bible beginning on Wednesday, October 23rd. Our first topic when we get back will be the golden calf. There's lots of great stuff to discuss, so make sure you don't miss it. In the meantime, enjoy these classic episodes of Morning Drive Bible. Chag Sameach. Enjoy the holiday. Good morning from Jerusalem. My name is David Nekrutman. And I'm Scott Kahn. And we're here with Morning Drive Bible. Excellent, Scott. So I'm Did I do that okay? You did that very well. Thank you. I'm caffeinated. I am not. Okay, so here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> I am ready to be taught to learn. You need to, to experience the entire Torah and it's all its capacity. You and see, David, the difference is that for me... I am so enraptured with the Bible. I don't need caffeine to make it interesting. Ah, <laughs> uh, you see? You say, you say I'm hooked. I'm hooked on the caffeine. All right. <laughs> Scott, I want to honor the podcast teaching of today to my dear friends in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Glenda and Brad Pius, for they were the ones who helped me out through my master's at All Roberts University, and I wouldn't be able to do my thesis on the Hebraic Roots of the Holy Spirit and some of the teachings that we're bringing out today without them in my life. Well, in that case, that means that not only you should thank them, but I should as well, as well as all of our listeners, because the tremendous words of Torah that you're teaching us really are in their merit. Yes. So we want to wish blessing upon the pious family. I want to deal with a controversial topic as our second episode in the podcast. Okay. Okay? Because at the end, I believe that we, both Jews and Christians, are mandated to do kingdom in the now. That's for the Jewish people, Omal Chutzemayim. Oh. And holiness and sanctification. We're both mandated to do that. But it all begins really at the home. You can't outsource faith to a call center somewhere. Even though we send our children to religious schools or they go to synagogue on, on Shabbat or every day and you know, children are going to Sunday school, that's not enough. People make that mistake all the time, David. I see it, that people think that somehow they can outsource it. And if I send my child to a religious school or provide a religious environment on the street in which they live, that's enough. And while that's certainly important, it's only a supplement to that which they receive at home. And even when they receive things at home, there's no guarantee they're going to follow the path we set for them. The Bible itself shows us that. Exactly. The Bible is great because it tells us that the stories of how families are functioning or they're not functioning. Or dysfunctioning. They're, right, exactly. I mean, the first family where we come from, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you can't say it was pretty much a dysfunctional family. One of the amazing things about Genesis itself, I always look at it, it tells us the real unvarnished truth about trying to raise children. In fact, David, I think the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, is largely the story of a family trying sometimes successfully and sometimes not so successfully, to inculcate its values to the next generation. That's what it's all about, and that's what we're trying to do now as well. Exactly. And I would say that the reason why God went into covenant with Abraham was that he would go ahead and be an educator to the next generation. We see that in Genesis chapter 17. So we are supposed to be, as parents, educators, but that begins with a marriage, and we have to sort of define what marriage is. Okay, so define what marriage is, David. It's not a man and a woman. You are diving right in. I'm diving right in. You are in. not playing games over here. I am not playing games. You are trying to get those ratings up by dealing with controversy from moment number one. Yes, because everyone is talking about marriage, and I think that people from faith are not defining marriage in a correct way. Okay, I, so what do you mean? You're obviously saying something pretty controversial right now. I am, because they're basically giving 
credibility to the secular argument of what marriage is. Okay, now I don't know where you're going. What do you mean? I mean that most people will define marriage as a man and a woman. And I call that a union. That is not marriage. Okay, so is this semantics? What is a it's marriage? It's not semantics. No, so I'm, not, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to do this cliffhanger for you right now. I'm going to say, well, first we have to deal with the verse in the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. God created Adam. Okay, now I know in English most people are going to say created man. I'm going to say, no, go to morningdrivebible.com and you will see the Hebrew terms. And we'll translate accordingly. God created Adam in his form. In the form of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So this verse always is very puzzling to everybody because of the change of person. Him, them. Right. That's how I would say it. Normally, as you're the, you know, you're the grammar guy. I am? Yeah. It seems like you're the grammar guy. Third person, first person. Do I want to be known as the grammar guy? Do you want to be known? I'm not so sure. Good. Fine. So this is very confusing because it says him and them. That's basically the problem. Right. That's the kind of thing that you'd be flunked out of English for. You know, you get an F on the top of your paper because you changed person in the middle of the sentence. He created him. He created them. So what did he create? Well, I always learned this growing up. This is the revelation you, were, you grew up with. Yes, this is what I was taught. Growing up, I was always taught that this first verse where it implies that the male and the female were created at the same time is almost a summary of what is going to be taught in more detail in the second chapter, where we learn that God took the rib from Adam and built that into Eve. So that second chapter is talking about the particulars, while the first chapter is talking about the general summary that has not yet been described. Normally, I would agree with that interpretation if we saw in the entire creation story unfold in the second chapter. But in the first chapter itself, we see God says something, and it actually happens right away through his word that the thing is actually created. Interesting, okay. Therefore, I would have to disagree with that analysis of how you look at that verse. I'm thinking really that God is creating this human being with both maleness and femaleness. So you're saying it's sort of an androgynous creature. It's an androgynous creature, but not David Bowie-like. I want to make I'm sure, glad to hear that. I want to make sure we understand this that is a 1970s <laughs> cultural icon, David Bowie, in the disco age. I just want to make sure we don't bring David Bowie into the, to the Bible. Wonderful musician, definitely a cultural icon, not necessarily your model in Bible class. Exactly. But what's interesting is that this human being that has maleness and femaleness later on goes through a surgery. And that's the second chapter. That's the second chapter. For the whole purpose to do what? In order to separate them so that they can come, come back, back as one flesh. So what you're saying that originally there was a male-female hybrid, which then was separated by God only in order to tell them, now come back together again. Why did you separate me in the first place? Right. All right? Just leave me alone and I'm fine. Okay, so how does this have to do anything so that's with why the I'm definition saying, of marriage? That's why I'm saying marriage is not a man and a woman. And therefore, we have to wait for tomorrow morning to talk about what the definition of marriage is You're going to make me wait for 23 hours and 55 minutes to find out the next answer? Well, you know, next time, just get a cup of coffee and we'll wait. Okay, <laughs> Scott, this is David the Corruptman. And Scott Kahn. For a Morning Drive Bible. Shalom from Jerusalem.